0: Eric Guster is managing director, excuse me, attorney at the Guster Law Firm. Attorney Guster has handled thousands of cases, and some of which have captured local and national media attention. He's been a legal resource to national and local media outlets, including the New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox, where I'm a contributor. Eric was on the program before. More than a pleasure to have Attorney Guster back with us. Attorney Guster, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon and welcome.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: Uh, good to, uh, and, and good to have you with us. I mean, good in spite of the uh, bad news. Certainly saddened by this. Um, l- l- let's uh, let's talk about this uh, shooting at the church in, in Charleston. Now, the suspect has been arrested in North Carolina, and I think this is a testament to um, the police and the perimeter and the way that they uh, did these traffic stops because that's how they found this individual. Would you agree?
1: Uh, yeah, them getting they received a tip from what I understand, they received a tip of where this guy was headed and them getting his picture out through social media, and social media has totally changed the landscape of how policing works, his picture was on every social media website, I tweeted it out several times as well, and with the police really uh, reaching out to individuals through social media and other platforms, it helps them do things a lot more efficiently. And I'm glad that he was caught. Um,
0: this, this, in a sense, this down. really started in a sense with the Boston bombing, right? Police using social media and the public and working really together as a village, uh, like you know, law enforcement and the people they're there to protect, to work together as that village to take care of their own and to take you know, take care of their neighborhoods, their streets, their city, their state.
1: It is, and it's not only the large cases, but even the smaller cases. With uh, I'm in New York, and if There was an attack on the subway, and the man's picture was put on social media via, by NYPD, and he was captured. So those types of things, social media is the village taking care of itself in that we have the power to read it, retweet it, Facebook it, show it, and ask others if they are aware of something or if they know some information based upon a case, and it's very effective and has really become a very powerful tool for the police to utilize and not only in identification but they may they post different incidents that have happened which will enable the public to become involved in the process and it makes it a lot easier on everyone
0: now the uh, suspect which he is at this point is dylan roof he's 21 he's been taken into custody in shelby north carolina um, and he is from Lexington, North Carolina. He's been named as a suspect in this deadly shooting at the Emanuel A.M.E. Church, according to the Charleston Police. Um, so that people understand from your perspective, legally, um, what what is the, the chain of events? Somebody's uh, you know taken in, and they're a suspect before they're formally charged. Uh, let's talk about that before we get into the type of charge that will be brought, the charges that will be brought against him, most likely.
1: Uh, well, he's headed to arraignment now. From, what I, from everything I've read, he's headed for arraignment, which is where the judge will tell him what his formal charge is. And what will happen from that point, I'm sure he either has private counsel or will get a court-appointed lawyer at that time or ask the judge for more time to hire his own lawyer, and then the case will proceed, proceed to a preliminary hearing if it's on the state level, but then we have to see whether the federal charge is going to be brought against him as well because right now they have to go through the process of making sure that he is held with a certain amount of bond and then the then the charges will develop as we find out more information
0: he allegedly said quote you rape our women and you're taking over our country and you have to go he a white man saying to these black individuals in this uh, church that was predominantly african-american Hate crime yes. is a, is a term that you know most likely he would be charged with. So people understand: does the hate crime get charged from the federal level and by the federal level? Uh, does the state have any say in that, or does it come directly from the feds? And what is the criteria for that?
1: Well, the hate crime, the hate crime statute will be a federal crime. The state has very very limited influence on what the what the federal government does. However, both the state and the federal government can bring charges individually of their own, which happens quite often in different cases, and drug cases, and murder cases. They can be different charges can be brought at the varying levels, whether it's federal or state. I would anticipate the federal government come becoming involved in this uh, because of the nature of it was in the church, it was a hate crime, and it's mirroring the 1960s.
0: Yeah. Uh, Eric. Hold good. that thought, sweetie. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back. My apologies. Asked you a long answer question. And we're back talking with managing attorney of Guster Law Firm, Eric Guster. Eric, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Talking about the Charleston church sh- sh- shooting. The suspect, Dylan Roof, 21 years of age from Lexington, South Carolina, has been taken into custody in Shelby, North Carolina, is on his way to arraignment. We were talking with attorney Guster regarding hate crime statute and what the criteria is, and that most likely will be what Dylan is charged with as su- as victims. Um, and and victims of not just his shooting, obviously, who are not with us, but those who watched him shooting in that church, alleged that he said, quote, you rape our women and you're taking over our country and you have to go. Um, Eric, uh, more on the hate crimes. We'll take some calls, and then I wanted to ask you another question about this. Sure. Uh, With with hate
1: crimes, the basic criteria is a person who's targeting someone because of their race, religion, or some other specific criteria, which those are the two most common, and sexual orientation as well. Do you read about gay hate crimes or uh, hate crimes against blacks or Muslims or Christians? So this guy, with what he said, that would definitely qualify as a hate crime by the statute, and that's what I would expect him to be charged with.
0: Let's uh, take some calls, uh, and I have a lot of questions. Let's start with Britt in California, Line 5. Hi, Britt. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us how are you? Good, good. Did you have a comment, a question?
2: I do. You know, um, I'm just incredibly outraged by what happened. And I'm really, you know, I'm really losing faith in our country in terms of there seems to be so many politicians and even ordinary people on the street who are willing to turn the kind of, even if they're not big supporters of gun rights, they seem so willing to turn a blind eye to the gun violence that we have going on now. And it's very concerning to me. And I wonder, um, and I'd like to to get a little bit of comment. I appreciate uh, uh, your guest, Eric, too, very much. And I was wondering whether or not we could discuss about um, some kind of federal law that could be put in place to punish people for committing not just hate crimes, but hate crimes using uh, using guns in particular. In other words, some kind of federal statute, and I know this would be extremely difficult to to get through the current Congress, but what, what is the where could we begin the conversation to try and get some kind of law in place that will prevent these kind of crimes being committed with guns in particular and, and some kind of penalty in place to, to really prevent and, uh, and and to show that we have some kind of national consciousness towards towards limiting these gun crimes
0: That's an excellent question Eric, I leave this to well, you Well in
1: every state and in, in the federal courts, if you have, if you use a gun for the furtherance of a crime, you get what's called an enhancement. An enhancement meaning the number of points that you were given for the purposes of sentencing. It may increase your sentence between three and ten years, depending exactly on what exactly what the charge is. So there are things in place, sort of, but the problem is some people don't look at that as a deterrent if they want to commit. Crimes some people just do, and this guy of course. went in, shot these people, and killed murdered these people. And I don't, I don't think that he really cared what the punishment was, but he used a knife. Or yeah, that's gun, a
0: that's a really good care. point. If you don't care about killing people, you may not care how you kill the people or what happens to you as a result.
2: Yeah. Right. I, I I just wonder. You know, it, it does seem difficult to get that kind of a law through the, the the current Congress that we have. But is it? I mean, is it is it a better place to start? You know, I'm obviously out here in California, and um, you know, it seems that we we've got very very restrictive gun laws in place, or more restrictive gun laws in place than than other states. Is it a better place to start, just on a, trying to turn states' laws to to prevent these kind of crimes, or or is there any hope that we could eventually get some kind of national uh, uh, gun laws in place that that are, are more protective of ordinary people?
1: Quite or frankly, the state courts is where you want to start that because ninety. 90- Five to ninety-nine percent of the criminal cases they go through state court, which are your local courts. So that mm-hmm. is where you really want to push to make the gun laws more, much more restrictive and much more harsh, and the sentence is much more harsh. Because when you have people who have guns, they get out and they get guns anyway. The bad guys they constantly get their guns. So the question is, how do we stop them from re? Recommitting committing crimes, committing crimes again, reoffending, And that's a very tough thing that has been debated for many, many years, actually.
2: Right, right. Well, I, I really appreciate you guys having this conversation, and I, I certainly hope that we can uh, start to develop these kinds of consciousness to de- get some of these laws in place. Thanks for your time. Yes, we, you. we need uh, some help.
0: Thank you, Britt. Excellent question, and appreciate your call. Hope to hear from you again. Let's go to Bart in Washington, line 2. Bart, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Question or comment for our guest, Attorney Eric Guster.
3: Well, I have I have I have a couple of comments I'd like to make about this and this is this is something that uh, I feel very strongly about our, our country is so broken right now it's unbelievable to me and I'm saddened by this you know this atrocious act of violence and of course it's a hate crime this kid was so filled with hate he was willing to just go start wasting other human beings you know and uh, am I coming through
0: yes you are Bart.
3: Oh, okay. I, my phone sounded dead, so I thought if I was talking to myself, I should probably know. But I think this country needs to change its way of thinking in so many ways. And, and, and also, you know, I mean, I'm a precinct committee officer for the Democrat office here where I live. And the voter turnout in this country, the amount of participation by the citizens of this country, it's appalling. It's absolutely appalling, you know. And and the, the, I, I don't know. I mean, what do we do? Who knows? There's just so much hate and racism. And and the simple fact of the matter is, I think everybody should have to be educated on this. Race doesn't even really exist. It's a made-up word. Geneticists have proven this. You know, it's just simply it's it's some people have more melanin. In them than others, and and it's and it's so crazy. What it is is it's tribalism. It's just tribalism. And America is segregated into all these tribes with all their tribal beliefs. And and I don't know what to say other than when can we get down to being the tribe of America? You know, at least. Uh, Eric. Well, with race, I I don't get it.
1: I don't like to let's debate about race issue, but. Race is one of those things that drives people to do certain things. If they are if they have hate in their hearts for any a person of a specific color, religion, ethnicity, they're just they're gonna take it out on that other group. So but race is one of those qualifiers for the hate crime statute and I hope this guy gets punished.
3: And you understand what I'm saying about tribalism, right? Do you, Eric? No.
0: Can you can you explain this, Bart? It?
3: I, I can't explain, okay? And geneticists have proven this. I don't know what the color of your skin is, Eric. I'm white as an aspirin. But the truth <laughs> of the matter is, is we both came from the original spot in Africa, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And people started dividing into tribes. And wait, wait, wait,
0: Bart. I don't want to get into that. I don't know how much that is true. With DNA now, and you can have your DNA extrapolated and they can see where you're from. I, I don't – know I mean, if you believe in the Adam and Eve thing but and the Adam and Eve is one man and one a, woman from it, one place, then yes. But not everybody buys that, and science doesn't necessarily agree with that either.
3: Well, geneticists do.
0: Not from two people. Actually, Adam and Eve in uh, – I believe it's Greek – mean group of men, group of women.
3: Well, and that's something else that America needs to get over is this whole religious myth, this driven myth about their imaginary friend who's coming to save this day – and, and, and it gets more freaking people killed than anything the planet has ever known. Get over it. It's not real.
0: All right, Bart, thank you. Thank you for the call. Eric, anything on that When He refers to Tribe basically saying that you and Bart and I, all of us, regardless of our skin color now, have the same um, origins.
1: I, I don't want to get into that. We need to focus on what Dylan the terrorist did. And concentrate
0: on that. Eric, That's you read my mind, good. love. <laughs> I, I had two questions just hanging until uh, we got to, through a couple of calls. We have some more calls to get through. And if you want to join us, one of the lines available as one is now 8886 Leslie. Eric, I agree with you that this was a terrorist action. If Dylan were a Muslim, this would have been called an act of terrorism, I would imagine. Am I correct in that? And is if, it only terrorist? If he terror-
1: was a Muslim, this would be. Oh, this would be whatever whatever we did times one hundred.
0: Now, what what if the what if it had been a mosque and somebody no. had said something similar? You're raping our women, or oppressing our women. You're what's wrong with this country, and you're trying to take over with your Sharia law or something. And they were the victims.
1: It would still be a hate crime because it was based upon their religious
0: beliefs. Would there be the outrage? Do you think? Um, I
1: believe there would be the outrage. I, I, looking at this situation with the police uh, brutality marches and those types of actions, people are, black folks are pretty angry right now in the United States. And for Dylan to walk into a church and murder these people in this fashion, I believe it was just one of those things that really shock the conscience of everyone, not just black people, but everyone uh, in the same methodology, because almost every week there's something major happening that the media is covering that I'm talking about on different stations and all of us are discussing, and this is so synonymous with the 1960s that it hurts us much, much worse, actually.
0: When you said this terrorist... Or terrorist act? Do you consider this a terrorist action? A, in your opinion, and then B, what is the criteria for it to be called a terrorist action?
1: On the personal side, I considered it a terrorist action. Um, From what the government will call it, I'm not sure because with the with terrorism, most of it is typically. Someone from the outside, from the outside of the United States doing something to us. However, from a practical standpoint, it is an act of terror because he is, his actions have made people so afraid to go about their normal activities that they have, they're to the point where they are traumatized. Such as my church, St. John AME Church in Birmingham, we're having a prayer meeting tonight. And it made me think twice. About my parents going because of what this guy did. And that is what terrorism is, such as the
2: September.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a very good. 11. I agree with you 100% because ter- terrorism holds us hostage. And it doesn't have to be people yelling Allah Akbar and taking down towers and doing it in the name of a religion. This, to me, hatred and a weapon. Okay? And mm-hmm. a gun in America especially or if you're gonna have to take planes and you know with a tower or knives and be close to somebody and behead them uh hatred with a weapon equals death
3: it does
1: it does for it somebody scary that
0: he <laughs> this
1: guy did this and it is terrorizing people and has made me afraid
0: excellent
1: just don't do
0: that though him. I understand you gotta you eric you can't be afraid though because if so then he well, and the terrorists all me- over
1: it makes me second-guess some things, not necessarily afraid I was going to change that, change what I said. It makes me second-guess some things for a second, because if you can't be safe in church, where can you be safe? Very and, true. Uh, you know, you're, you're praying. You go to Wednesday night Bible study. You pray, and whenever you have a problem, you go pray. And these people were praying and took this guy in and prayed with him.
0: That, yeah, that's and the other thing I want to point. It. I want to. I want to point this out. I'm a white chick. My husband's family's from India, and he's uh, tan. He's not. He's brown, but he's not dark brown. Okay, he's light brown, but he's a brown boy. And my, uh, I'm a former Christian, and my husband at the time was searching, and we were living in San Francisco, and I was looking for a church, and we. It was a Sunday. We're driving up the street, and we saw this church service just had just started, and it was an African American church. Okay. And we went okay. in, and everyone in there was African American. And when we went in, we were greeted with warmth and love. It was three and a half hours long, and my husband didn't want to leave. <laughs> um, they were literally stomping Satan's head in the aisle. You feel me on this, Eric? Right? And yeah. you know, it was First one of those extremely playing. charismatic, you know, African American, you know, Southern style Baptist, you know, churches. And I thought of that when I heard about this because. I, I, he could have perhaps been the only white guy in that church, and nobody, whether a bunch of people in a church all white, all Asian, all black, whatever, should look at anybody who's different than them entering a place of worship and be afraid to embrace them and ask them to join. And and, and I did think of that. When, when you just mentioned that, I had thought of that um, last night and early this morning because – they. They didn't look at him differently. They looked at him as a Christian brother. Skin color didn't matter in God's house, so to speak. It,
1: it, it should not matter, ever. Correct.
0: All right. Uh, let's take uh, – how much time do we have, guys? Can we take one more quick one here? Let. Oh, two more. Let's take Jeff in Ferguson, Missouri, line three. Jeff, good afternoon. Question or comment for our guest. Uh,
4: good morning. Uh, I mean, good afternoon. Yeah, uh, you know, I was thinking everyone – I mean, I'm willing to – except the possibility this was race-related. But everyone is uh, forgetting that I'm hearing stuff that uh, he asked for the pastor by name, by title, senator, and he just happened, if it was race, he, the gunman just happened to pick the African-American church out of all the other ones in the area where the pastor was a state senator.
0: Uh, Are we I hadn't thought that of that, topic? Eric. Have, had you?
1: Um, I've thought about the different possibilities, but with the things that he allegedly has stated, I don't, I don't think it was, he would have gone to a white church to do that. But he, he, and, and the pictures that have come out about, in reference to him worshiping, not worshiping, him um, having photos of, with patches with South African apartheid, stickers, and diff- those types of things, we knew his mindset from, from
0: that, that's.
4: I guess my There's is with all the other African-American churches in the area. Like why did he pick this, that one? But the one where
0: I don't know. Well, you know, we don't – first of all, we don't – maybe because they had a Bible study on a Wednesday night. Maybe because it yeah. was close to where he was or going to be or far enough from where he was. Maybe because he didn't know anybody there. Maybe because there was somebody there he heard speak or it, it was – you know, look, we don't really know. Maybe we will find out. Maybe we never will. My bet would be it was quite random. Hatred doesn't have much logic.
1: And that's what I was thinking as well, Leslie. I thought it was just a random, he randomly chose a church, he knew it was a black church, African Methodist Episcopal, he knew it was a black church, and he was going to terrorize. And, and, and he
0: clearly, based on the alleged remarks he said, was was picking by race. You're not saying it wasn't necessarily about race. You're saying he hated black people, but this person also was an elected official and a black person. Um, and that, that that is to a point, because he could be angry we have a black yeah. president, you know, oh my God, there's black people being elected, they're taking over, that kind of thing. Yeah, could be. Yeah, uh,
4: like I said, I heard he was asked, the gunman asked for him by name, by the title, Senator. That's what I'm hearing.
0: Um, I haven't um, heard I have that as heard of that. yet. Have you, Eric?
4: No, I have not heard that uh, yet. But anything
1: well, is uh, possible. Anything is possible, and I'm glad that he was caught alive so that we
4: will know. And he himself and, 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 and he, himself, and he
0: himself said that he, he was there to, quote, shoot black people.
4: Well, right. whether this is identified as a race crime or not, nine people dead, he's going to fry.
0: What well, it's a it's a hate. Cr- it's a hate crime. Is the uh, punishment always uh, for a hate crime, Eric, death?
1: No, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm not
4: positive on the answer to that. So I can't answer that. But, no, I, I'm just saying whether it is or not nine people
0: dead. He's, he's we'll have all the answers to no. that when we return. Guys, we got to we got to go. Eric, I will have you back on. You're awesome. Thank you, sir, for being with us. Uh, sorry. Thank under you. these Circumstances, of course. Uh, Mr. Attorney Eric Guster.